A burglar broke into a home and stole a vibrator. The Los Angeles Metro is playing classical music to make the train station safer. And the resident's right to be rude has been upheld by the Massachusetts Supreme Court. These are the weird stories for Monday on Weird AF News, the only daily weird news podcast in the universe. All right, I'm Jonesy, the host of Weird AF News. Thanks for spending some time with me. I have three weird news stories for you. Let's do it. A burglar broke in a home through a dog flap and stole a vibrator. Let's begin your week with a stolen vibrator story. Why not? Let's learn a little bit about secondhand vibrator usage. (laughs) Someone wanted to use someone else's vibrator so bad that they crawled through a dog flap. I don't know why you would use someone else's sex toy. Let's learn a little bit about this uh, fetish. It's apparently a fetish. Secondhand sex toy use fetish. We have Michael Blois who is from Hoveton, which is a village in the UK. They still have villages over there in England, in case you're wondering. A lot of them haven't upgraded to cities yet. I think they're still waiting for electricity. So this is a village. Tough to get a vibrator when you live in a village. There's not, <laughs> there's not a lot of that. Most of the residents of the village still use very primitive sex toys, like part of a log. <laughs> they take a... <laughs> They take pieces of stone and they fashion it into a dildo like the cavemen used to do in the village of Hoveton. So we have Michael Blois, age 32, got into the property through a dog flap while the homeowners were away. They were on holiday in Scotland. I don't know why you wouldn't lock up your dog flap when you leave your home. It's a, it's a way someone could get into your house. The dog flap It's very obvious. People have been breaking through dog flaps for years. I mean, not oversized people, but, you know, thin people like me can get right into a dog flap and steal your sex toys unbeknownst to you while you're on holiday in Scotland looking for old Nessie. Okay, in addition to the vibrator, it looks like the couple's Mini Cooper was stolen as well because they probably left the keys right on the table. So they had their Mini Cooper taken and Silk Nighty was stolen, so some some lingerie, or as I like to pronounce it, lingerie. And a pink vibrator was uh, the other valuable piece of property that was stolen from the property here. Um, in this guy's defense, I mean, have, have you ever bought a vibrator at the sex shop? It's, it can be an embarrassing experience. Um, the few times that I bought a vibrator, the the clerk took it out of the package, put batteries in it, and turned it on to see if it works, which... I was thankful that they cared about the product because apparently you can't return a vibrator anyways. They won't take it. But here was, you know, it was a little embarrassing for them to hold it up really high and say, hey, it works. It's like, okay, thanks for showing everybody what I'm buying. Okay, could you just be a little bit more discreet? You don't have to hold it high and go, look at this one works. <laughs> that was my experience at the sex shop. So, yeah, it can be embarrassing. You know, that being the case, maybe steal someone else's. You don't have to go through that process. Okay, it says here this thief named Blois appeared at court Friday and uh, admitted to burglary, admitted to taking a car without consent. Uh, Did they ask him what he did with the nightie? Was that for him or for his lover? He also admitted to a separate offense of using threatening words and behavior in an incident in Sprouston March 19th of last year. He, He admitted that as well? Did they even ask him about that? Yes, uh, so uh, we're going to prosecute you for the sex toy 
theft and the car theft and the stealing of some lingerie. Any Anything else you want to admit to? Yeah, well, you know, last year I used some threatening words in Sprouston. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, well, it looks here like this guy, Blois, was sentenced to 15 months and three weeks. He's also been ordered to complete 25 days of rehabilitation. Yeah, I'm sure the prosecutor said something like, Looks like you're not going to get off easy this time, Blois. <laughs> get off easy, all right? Hey. Okay, I'm sorry. The Los Angeles Metro blasts classical music in the hopes to make the train station safer. I've taken the L.A. Metro, and uh, you're going to have to do more than play classical music to make this, the train station safer. Um, although I admit it, you know, probably getting stabbed to Mozart has a calming effect on a person. <laughs> it says here, classical music blasts from the public speakers throughout the Los Angeles Metro station at the Westlake MacArthur Park stop. If you guys know anything about MacArthur Park... You would know that classical music is not enough. It's just not enough. Take a stroll through that park one day. <laughs> Bring mace. You're going to need mace and a, probably a bulletproof vest. So they have a new plan that they're hoping to drive down crime and increase ridership. They come up with the dumbest plans. Idiots run the city. Just idiots. I mean, imagine a board meeting. Someone's like, oh, the metro isn't safe. Any suggestions? Somebody's like, how about, uh, I don't know, how about violins? Do you think that might make it safe? Hey, great idea. Great idea. Let's go with the violins. <laughs> That'll bring down the robberies, the, the sounds of violins. Wow, you're dumb. You're so dumb. So dumb, Los Angeles. Now, the transportation authority is trying to address the rapidly declining ridership as many fear for their safety amid higher crime rates. Uh, according to the Metro, the most serious violent crimes, including assault, murder, rape, and robbery, rose 24% since 2021. Across the transportation system, specifically, there were 21 deaths reported in 2022. There have been 21 deaths on Metro buses and trains in the first three months of 2023. Great. Yeah, maybe put more police presence on the transportation uh, Metro, the L.A. Metro. I've taken that subway so many times, I hardly ever see police officers. When I lived in New York City, I would see them on the train all the time. See them on the platform, see them on the train. There's a, there's a presence. No, no, not ha let's not have more cops on the trains. Let's play Beethoven. That's going to solve the problem. It's so dumb, man. They, don't even, they have no idea what to do. They just don't. We are led by the least among us. And we give them a lot of money. They have a lot of money. In they're in charge of a lot of money and where it goes to solve problems. And they're so dense. They're so dumb. Sorry, I'm having a day. Okay, so the guy who's in charge of this metro authority, his last name is Sotero. He says, well, it's been a problem, the violence. It's a very dense urban environment here. We're taking a fresh, reimagined approach and trying some new things we haven't done before in the hopes of improvising the situation for this particular station. <laughs> We're trying some new things. Yeah, yeah, we gotta, we gotta play music. Yeah, we, uh, we thought we might hand out some gummy bears. That might make people less violent, you know? <sighs> this is, uh, so this is where the classical music comes into play, he says, as part of a pilot program at this MacArthur Park station. The Metro will introduce Metro ambassadors who are unarmed security guards who can summon the police if needed. Just put the police there, bro. Are you all right? 
<laughs> Have you been to the station, man? No, put a middleman. Oh, it's just a, it's an ambassador. So if, if uh, shit goes down, they'll call the police. Yeah, just put a cop there. Put a little a police kiosk. How about that? Put put those robots, security robots. I'm not against that. <laughs> so dumb. They're so dumb. Wow. And they want us to pay taxes voluntarily. I I resist. I resist. All right. In addition, this guy says, uh, "Yeah, we're adding more lighting." <laughs> Yeah, to help to help the people robbing you, we're adding more lighting. They want to see what they're taking. That's helpful. Oh, they're adding more security cameras. Good. How about you make the ones that are already there work? You know, how many times are there crimes, but then they go to get the footage? Oh, but the cameras were out of service on that day. Yeah. How about your cameras just work 24-7? Put more of them. Put them everywhere. And police presence would be helpful. I mean, we could, we could do without a piano sonata. <laughs> just my opinion. Yay! The Supreme Court has upheld the residents' right to be rude in Massachusetts. We get a bad rap in Massachusetts for being rude. Well, now the Supreme Court is allowing it, apparently. Letting massholes be massholes. As you guys know that they call us massholes. I don't know why. We're lovely people. You know, we, we have very angry, aggressive driving habits. But other than that, we're lovely, lovely people. In a decision that jangled the nerves of some elected officials, it says the Massachusetts Supreme Court last week reaffirmed a basic liberty established by the founding fathers, the right to be rude at public meetings. That's right. You should be able to be rude at public meetings unless you're on the board. If you're a paid member on the board, then you have to just operate with a bit of decorum. But for the citizens that are showing up, if we're angry, we get to shout. We get to say how we feel if we don't like what's going on. I would think. I like that. The Founding Fathers liked it as well. They put it in the, uh, I'm sure, the very first rights. What do I know about rights? (laughs) It says, the ruling sent waves of consternation across the state where many local select board and committee members have emerged battle-scarred from the coronavirus pandemic and its fierce disputes over masks, vaccines, and remote learning. Stemming from a lawsuit filed against the town of Southboro, Massachusetts by a resident who said that selectmen had silenced her unlawfully, the decision pushed back against attempts to mandate good manners. We have a quote from Jeff Beckwith, who's the executive director of the Massachusetts Municipal Association, said, well, on its face, it's very dispiriting. Will it encourage the very few, very vocal individuals whose goal is to be disruptive? Well, you know, the Supreme Court is saying that that's the price of the true freedom of speech. You're going to get some people who are a bit disruptive. It says here, in a state with a long, proud tradition of grassroots democracy, where people still sit shoulder to shoulder in high school auditoriums each spring to quarrel over budgets at annual town meetings, fierce debate is a hallmark of civic engagement. Still, some observers caution that unchecked rudeness could have unintended consequences. You might have fewer volunteers to take on the often thankless work of running town board meetings, for example, and fewer opportunities for public comment, which are not exactly required by law. Now, these concerns were not enough to sway the state's high court. It struck down an unconstitutional civility code for public comment at meetings, which required, quote, respectful and courteous discourse, free of rude, personal, or slanderous remarks. It reversed an earlier Worcester County Superior Court ruling for the town, 
which lies between Boston and Worcester, has about 10,000 residents. Decorum, the new decision concluded, was not a top priority for the cousins John and Samuel Adams when they drafted Article 19 in the Massachusetts Constitution, which was, which was ratified in 1780. By laying out the right to request redress of the wrongs done to them and of the grievances they suffer, the justices noted, they aimed to protect the colonists' freedom to rail against King George III. Disparaged at the time as the royal brute in a very profane and ungracious manner. Here's a quote from the court. Yeah, there was nothing respectful or courteous about the public assemblies of that revolutionary period. There was also much that was rude and personal, especially when it was directed at the, uh, at the king, the king himself and the king's representatives. So I guess because of what went on during those revolutionary times in Massachusetts, at, at least they are upholding the right for you to be rude and get personal at these meetings, which, uh, uh, I, on one hand, I like that. Uh, on the other hand, uh, people can really go nuts. And let's say you happen to just get really personal to, with somebody on a school board. I mean, it's kind of unnecessary. But it feels good, right? It feels good to do that, especially when you feel like you've been wronged by your lawmakers and your politicians who always seem to mismanage funds. And they always seem to act like idiots. You know, I just gave an example in the previous segment of what they thought would be a solution to extreme violence and uh, danger at a train station. They just don't know how to fix problems. And sometimes the problems get so out of hand that the rest of us are like, dude, can you, I could fix this problem. I mean, are you dumb? They're, they're dumb. They really are seriously dumb. And you might want to be at one of those meetings and call them dumb. I certainly would. And I would like the right to call them dumb. Um, but then some people can really take it over the top, uh, you know, and, and, and that's very sad. But I guess you, you know, you're going to break a few eggs when you're making an omelet, as they say. But, I mean, I find it very hard to believe that if you start dropping F-bombs over and over again at a school board meeting or something, that you're not going to be escorted out by authorities. I'd imagine that probably would happen, but maybe not in Massachusetts. I don't know. You know, we do love the F-bomb, um, which is... Um, I just have to say, I mean, at this point, the fact that I never use it on the show should let you know how how much I've worked at this, you know, because I am a Bostonian and I, I do say it on a regular basis, but I've managed to really exact some self-control here. You're welcome. You know, I do it for the kids, guys. I do it for the kids. Anyways, I'd love to leave it up to you to call and give me an opinion on this, this ruling. Um, I mean, do you think it, you know, freedom of speech obviously is a thing, but do you think it's okay to get up there and just get personal with with lawmakers and local politicians in a in a, a town hall of some sort. Call the show, 646-450-2012. Call me, you masshole. Yay! I would like to say thank you for joining me for this episode of Weird AF News. If you're new to the show, please make sure you subscribe so you can listen five days a week. Maybe five days a week is a little overkill for you to get weird news in your life. Maybe you just want to listen twice a week. That's okay, too. Hey, man, this is a no-judgment zone, all right? You take in as much weird AF news as you can handle, all right? <laughs> it's, uh, if, I mean, if you can take in a lot of mainstream news, though, I mean, I don't know how you do that. That seems odd to me because it's so depressing. But I like to offer something that's a nice reprieve from the mainstream news if i um if i may use such a lofty word i may i may not bad for a guy that went to public school all right hey it's time for shout outs shout outs are in order let's give some love to lisa hawley 
Lisa joined the Patreon, and now we want to make sure she gets uh, the credit that she's due for showing some legitimate support for the Weird AF News podcast, which records inside a closet. It's a podcast that needs support, lots of support. So thank you, Lisa Holly, for joining the Patreon. And I, I hope that you enjoy some of the extra Weird AF content that's inside the Patreon as well. That would be pretty swell if you liked that. So, yeah, if you guys join the Patreon, you get extra stuff is what I'm saying. So Lisa Holly gets to enjoy some of that extra content. And uh, she gets that good feeling knowing that she's supporting a one-man operation inside a closet. That's pretty cool, too. So you're wondering, how do I join the Patreon? Well, it's pretty easy. Go to weirdafnews.com. Click on the Patreon banner. Very easy. Or you can download the Patreon app on your phone and do a search for Weird AF News. That's easy, too. Uh, someone bought me coffees, which uh, also can be done on my website, weirdafnews.com. We have Jimmy and Marie bought me some coffees, and they wrote me a nice little note. You always keep us laughing. You helped us get through the COVID pandemic. So good luck with your life, man. Oh, isn't that sweet? Jimmy and Marie. This is, might be the first time I'm hearing from you guys. Well, thank you for reaching out. Thank you for showing some support, for buying me some coffees, for keeping me caffeinated. Big shout out to Jimmy and Marie. I'll, I'll help you get through a pandemic. This might not be the last one either. So I'll be there for you in the next one too. Good luck with your life, man. Um, all right, I guess lastly, I'd like to say that uh, I'm going to be going to uh, Dallas, Texas to do shows this weekend, Thursday through Sunday. Um, you can come see me at TK's Comedy Club and Restaurant. Uh, if you are, if you'd like to uh, get an easy link to tickets, just go to my Instagram at Funny Jones, and then in in the um, in my profile in my bio section, there's a link that you can click on to get tickets. Pretty easy. And uh, let me know that you're coming out so that uh, we can we can meet. How about that? We can do a little meet and greet. That's um, That sounds like a good time. If you'd like to email me, it's funnyjones at gmail.com or call the show 646-450-2012. Hey, good luck with your life, man, and your, and your day. Good luck with your day. <laughs>